0: Welcome to Relationships at Work, the guide for emerging leaders to create a workplace we love. I'm your host, Russell Lolliker. I'm a communications and leadership nerd with a couple of decades of experience and a heap of curiosity on how we can all lead and work together to improve the employee experience for ourselves and those we're in charge of. This show is a great resource to help all of us with that. Every week on the show, I talk with a local or global leader on topics that are there to help us to improve the workplace. We've tackled negativity, reimagining leadership, imposter syndrome, diversity, empathy, activism, uh, communication, burnout, mental health, so many topics, more, much more than that, even. And now, as an added bonus, I'll be sharing an additional episode every week pulled from the pages of our weekly raw notes, which you can still subscribe to. It's just a quick, valuable bit of information on top of our regular show. So, for our very first raw note that I'm passing along to you, Do you know your demotivation strategy? According to a Gallup poll conducted back in 2021, only 36% of US employees are engaged in their jobs. 14% actively disengaged. So that's a big gap. In the middle of that, there is a 50% that are not engaged in their work or just partially engaged, which can lead to so many bad things like job performance, productivity, just overall well-being. This, this statistic kind of went hand-in-hand hand with a recent post from a former guest of ours, Jeff Toyster, who posted on LinkedIn something that has just been resonating with me for for a while now. I had to share it. He wrote that if you hired right, your employees started with plenty of motivation, but something happened along the way. They encountered things like broken systems, siloed departments, inflexible policies, insufficient training, lacking empowerment, things along that nature. Those issues demotivate your team. If you fix them, you'll restore their natural desire to make a difference for customers. Okay, so this has been ruminating in my brain. Okay, if everybody that applies for a job is by nature motivated because they're excited to start a new job, what are we putting in the way of all that? I was looking back at my own career and those I talked to in their own jobs or having challenges. Whenever I felt demotivated or when I've heard stories about demotivation, it had far more to do with what I wanted or what they wanted to have removed than what they wanted added to their experience. For example, seeing someone at work get promoted or rewarded when everyone knows they're horrible to other people, they cause stress in everyone around them and trigger horrible burnout in their staff. So as an employee, you're seeing bad leadership, you're seeing bad behavior be rewarded, not reinforcing the the values that we propose in the organization, but rather elevating this bad behavior. So as an employee, why would I be motivated to work harder or try harder when we see this person and we're like, that's not me. I'm never going to be that person, nor do I want to ever be that person. So why even try demotivation? And the thing is, many organizations, they talk about those engagement strategies for their employees. But what if we actively addressed our passive, unintended demotivation strategies? Now, I understand that there's no organization that actively works to demotivate their staff, but they do do it. Whether it's by not following uh, protocols that they've put in place, or they turn a blind eye to it, I don't know what it is. But demotivation is, I think, way worse and much more important to address than engagement strategies. And these demotivation strategies quickly fall under umbrellas. Things like, it's not a priority right now, it's always been done like this, or we're too busy right now, we don't have the resources to do this. HR teams are tasked with coming up with a plan to get engagement metrics up, but when you see challenges like this, you're just being set up to fail. So what are these demotivating areas? Okay, so, One, lack of recognition and appreciation. When an employee feels that their efforts are not being recognized or appreciated, they become demotivated. This can happen when managers fail to acknowledge their contributions or give credit where it's due. It doesn't need to be a big gesture. It can be small. It can just be, good job, great, love to see what effort you put into that. You made this better by bringing up a new idea. Just something off the cuff. It doesn't need to be a big song and dance. Number two, poor communication. When managers fail to communicate effectively with their employees, it can just lead to confusion, misunderstandings. In a word, demotivation. Employees need clear direction, goals, feedback in order to perform their best. They shouldn't have to have an interpretive dance to try to figure out what you mean. Be clear. Number three, micromanagement. When managers micromanage their staff, it can make them feel like they're not trusted or valued which leads to frustration and that lack of motivation. Number four, unfair treatment. I talked about this off the top. When employees feel like they're being treated unfairly, and this happens when managers show favoritism, they play politics or make decisions that seem arbitrary or unjust. Number five, lack of opportunities for growth and development. When employees feel there's no room for growth or advancement, why would they be motivated? They're demotivated when they see their work and there's no place to go to next or thing to learn next, to help them advance, to help them grow. What are they working towards? And this happens when managers fail to provide training or opportunities for that career development without even having those conversations. Number six, overwork and burnout. When employees are overworked or constantly stressed, it can lead to burnout and demotivation. They don't have the energy to be motivated. And it happens when managers fail to manage those workloads effectively. Listen to their staff. Listen to what is possible. Or they just don't provide adequate support. Number seven, there's eight by the way. Number seven, a negative workplace culture. When that culture is toxic or negative, it's ripe for demotivation. This can happen when there's a lack of trust, respect, teamwork among colleagues or the company just has a poor reputation. And last but not least, bad processes. When an organization has a way of doing things that could be improved, either by tweaking or replacing, but management and leadership just doesn't want to because reasons. We've always done it like this before. I don't want change, blah, blah, blah. So employees keep doing a thing they know is inefficient, or at least not effective. And they know it can be done better, but they're not allowed to. Demotivation. What if we listened? But not only listened, we partnered with our employees on removing barriers to improve the employee experience rather than adding more activities that don't actually ever get to the root of the disengagement and just further demotivate staff. So, your organization does have a demotivation strategy, whether it's intentional or not. I bet you it's not intentional but I bet you it's also still pretty effective. Have that strategy be about removing those demotivating factors in your organization. It'll be one of the most motivating things we can do. And that will wrap up the very first raw note of Relationships at Work, the Emerging Leader's Guide to Creating a Workplace We Love. My name's Russell Lollicker. Thanks for listening to this. And if you get a chance, please check out our show on the now-launched YouTube channel. Do the liking, do the subscribing, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. It's it's You get to see our smiling faces while we talk about the employee experience and workplace culture. So I hope you'll join us over there as well. Take care.